My name is Steel Stanwick, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Now it's what? Right. Yeah. scores! Paul Rabel splits two and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home! What a start! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. Stoked to have you guys for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. We are previewing the MLL Championship Weekend. Adam, what's going on today? I'm good, man. Bright and early on Friday, right before the, the semifinals for the MLL, so I'm excited to chat about the game. Yeah, no, you know, it's a weekend devoted totally to the MLL. Uh, we're excited for it. We've got two games on Friday and then a Sunday championship. ESPN News will be broadcasting those Friday games, and ESPN2 will have your championship. So we're looking forward to it. Um, we got some interesting MLL storylines. Um, this is their 19th season, and let's go right off the bat talking about John Grant Jr., who's been with the MLL in some capacity since their debut in 2001. Uh, do you think he's set to make another championship run this year? Yeah, I don't see why not. I think we'll we'll talk about uh, the Outlaws Cannons game in a sec, but I think they're they're a, a strong team and. Grant Jr. has had a, a great season for someone who you didn't think was going to be on the field and was just going to be on the sidelines coaching this year. So um, had last week off. Um, he was on the injury list, but it's probably just uh, to get him some fresh legs coming into this two-game weekend potentially for the Outlaws if they win on Friday. So I don't see why not. Um, he, he has the ability to, to take over games still, um, whether that's as a feeder and having someone uh, dodge off of him or having the ability to uh, just draw his man um, and, and go to cage. So it's it, I'm definitely excited to see what he does, whether this is a last hurrah or um, or one more season in the belt after this. So Yeah, no, and he, he just looks so effortless still out there on the field. It's amazing. If the Outlaws win this weekend, this will be his sixth Steinfeld Cup, an MLL championship. He did it first with the Rochester Rattlers, uh, who eventually became the Toronto Nationals. Uh, and then he did it with the Bayhawks in 2012 and 2013, and most recently in 2014 with the Outlaws. Um, you know, kudos to him. We hope he, he gets it. We hope he goes out on a high note if this is his final season. Um, and if not, you know, I still think he has a little bit left in his tank if he decides to come back next year. Um, that's one of the, our top storylines to look for this weekend. Um, another outlaw is Zach Courier, who's actually chasing his sixth championship in less than two years. In 406 days, Courier has captured the Cockerton Cup with the World Indoor Lacrosse Championship just this past month, uh, the Steinfield Trophy last year for, with the Outlaws, two-man cups in the MSL, and an MLL Cup this past April with the Calgary Roughnecks. The man's only been playing professional lacrosse for three years now, and he's already on the cusp of six championships. Do we give Zach Courier enough love, Adam? I don't think so. I think... Um, he's such a fantastic player, but I also do think um, that the love is, is kind of spread out on that uh, Outlaws offense, whether it's him. Um, we talked about John Grant Jr., who who has the spotlight a lot of the time. And then you have Chris Aslani and Brendan Cavanaugh on the squad. Um, I think he's one of the best players in the world, um, and he obviously shows it based off of his winning percentage and <laughs> track record. Yeah, I don't think we give him enough love. You know, I think he's probably... Definitely the top 10, maybe top 5 right now players uh, in the world. And, you know, he's been doing it for only three years. 
He's so versatile. I mean, he faced off when he was with, at Princeton. He's obviously plays at the top level in the box game, whether it's the NLL or the MSL. Um, I mean, he just does it all. And I think he's kind of more of a Tim Duncan-esque where we, we recognize his greatness, but we just don't talk about him enough. You know, he kind of flies under the radar um, to compare him to another sport. You know, obviously you got guys like Matt Rambo and Lyle Thompson don't necessarily seek out that spotlight, but th those are the guys we talk about a lot, um, you know, being the top premier players. And I think Zach Courier is right up there with them. Um, so if he gets his sixth championship, you know, we're, we're already witnessed history in these past 406 days, but um, that would just add to his phenomenal resume. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping he gets it. Um, if he doesn't, still a phenomenal two years for Zach Courier. Um, but let's segue from the Outlaws a little bit. Uh, another player that I just mentioned is Lyle Thompson, who is making his return to the Bayhawks after sitting out the last game with an injury. Uh, he played a little bit in that world championship in that world indoor championship with the uh, Iroquois Nation. Um, so, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily healthy. He looked all right out there, but you know, the box game is a little bit different. You don't have to be as mobile. I don't think. They had to rely on him as much as the Bayhawks will. Um, you know, wh what are you thinking from Lyle this weekend? And another thing hanging over his head is, is this going to be his final weekend in a Bayhawks uniform? Will he make the jump to the PLL? Uh, the writing is kind of on the wall for him, and, you know, we haven't really gotten too much info, but it may seem that he will join his brother in the PLL. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens, but when it comes to this weekend, I mean, he's going to be my X Factor, to be honest with you. I mean, he's arguably the best player in the world, so he has to be the X-Factor. Didn't play that much, and we'll see how, how healthy he is going into this game, I think. That's a big storyline, you know, whether it's um, a, a Atlanta squad who had a lot of players on their offensive side of the ball playing Worlds, and whether it's Lyle, who, who's coming off this injury, I think um, it's going to be interesting to see how, what, what capacity he has to play, um, and if he... Um, is not able to kind of take the torch if he's still injured, whether that uh, it becomes kind of a Colin Heacock show or if we see Steel Stanwick have to take over the game. Um, but in, in the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's definitely my X factor. Yeah, no, for sure. I think he's going to have to have, you know, definitely uh, four or five plus point game, um, you know, and it's sometimes just being out there, you know, they, they can use him less as a scorer and more of a feeder. Um, you know, I mean, he, he obviously can do it all, but I think, you know, just to at least see him quarterback this offense, even if he is a little banged up, uh, will be big for the Bayhawks. I mean, another player on the Bayhawks roster on the other side of the ball is Jesse Bernhardt on defense. Um, and just from a storyline perspective, he just saw his brother Jake win a professional lacrosse championship with the Whip Snakes in the PLL. Can the Bernhards go two for two? And can Jesse also earn a professional lacrosse championship this year? I think that would make for a great storyline. Those two lost their father earlier this year, um, and you know I know that's been an emotional year for them um, when we talked to them on their interview. Uh, but you know I think it would be a great send off to the season for both Jesse and Jake to go out on top. Um, so you know again another storyline to look for if the BayHawks do make it all the way to the championship. Um, but another team that that hasn't really been here before is the Blaze. This is their first playoffs ever as the number four seed and a team that's kind of hobbled into the playoffs. Um, I think a lot of people are writing them off, but, you know, they could make a splash too, like you said. This Bayhawks game, uh, this Bayhawks plays game is no gimme for the Bayhawks. So, I don't know, what are, you, what are you looking to see from the Blazes' first ever playoff game? You know, I think 
it'll be interesting to see how this offense kind of comes together because it just doesn't seem like the defense has had it lately. They've let up the most goals uh, of any team in the entire league this year, despite making the playoffs. So um, I'm, I'm waiting to see if their defense will be able to kind of kind of step up, and because obviously they have a prolific offense. Um, and we'll talk a bit about this after the break when it comes to our matchups. But we'll see if they break it and, and get over the hump. But I'm, I'm waiting to see. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, and then our final storyline too, uh, you know. I'm a D.C. Baltimore sports fan. You're a Philadelphia sports fan. We both don't like Boston, but can they make it a third championship uh, in these past two seasons for Boston sports? Obviously, you had the Red Sox win just this past fall in 2018. Then you had the Patriots win the Super Bowl this past February. The Bruins made it but fell short in the Stanley Cup. And now the Cannons are on the cusp of winning the city of Boston another championship um, as much as it pains me to admit it, they have been one of the best sports towns in the past decade. Um, so that's another storyline to look for. Are the Cannons going to give Boston another championship? Obviously, it's not as high caliber, uh, per se, for Boston sports fans as some of those other championships I just mentioned. But, you know, it can't be denied it's another professional championship uh, that the city of Boston can hang on its hat if they do end up winning it. So that, that's our storylines. Um, you know, there's a lot out there. Uh, those are the ones that we're going to be focused on. Um, let's go take a quick break, and then we'll actually get into the semifinal matchups. All right, welcome back. So let's dive into these semifinal matchups. Uh, let's start off with the first one. You have the number one seed Bayhawks taking on the number four seed Blaze in Denver. At 7 p.m., you already mentioned you think Lyle's going to be an X-factor in this game. Who are some other guys on the Bayhawks that you think are really going to need to step up if they're to win and advance to the championship? Yeah, I think this is going to come down uh, to the offensive side of the ball for both squads. Um, I kind of chat a little bit already about um, Steel Stanwick potentially having to come up big for, for this Bayhawks squad who who has before, you know, there have been games where he's taken over and, and same with Colin Heacock. So those are two X factors for me. Who's going to start in cage? I'm assuming it's going to be Brian Phipps, um, who, who has started the last couple games for them, who seems to have, have taken over the spot from uh, last year's goalie of the year, Nico Amato. So um, that's another storyline to look at um, in cage. But to be honest with you, I think this is going to come down to the Blazes uh, offense. Um, are they going to be able to put up enough goals? Their defense just has been giving up goals left and right, like I mentioned earlier, most goals um, this season of any team given up. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that defensive plays, who, who starts in cage. You know, they ended the last game with Chris Madelon in, in net in the first half and Edelman um, in, the, in the second. So I'm assuming they go um, with the, the steady hand and who's been their starter, and Chris Madelon, but... I wonder if he'll have a short leash uh, last week, probably, since they already had the four seed wrapped up. It was probably just to get both reps. But um, it'll be interesting to see what, what they do on that side. And uh, Bayhawks have the season series thus far through the regular season 2-1 um, with the Blaze. But I, I just I don't know if the offense is going to be able to put up enough goals uh, to kind of overcome the defensive output that the Blaze have had this year. You know, you mentioned the, the goalie. Uh, situations for both teams, um, but yeah, that that Blaze one intrigues me the most because we have seen Malon struggle in cage, and you know sometimes it's not to 
his own fault. It's been the, the defense, as you mentioned. So are they going to start with him? I think they do. Um, you know, are they going into it planning on having a, a dual goalie system, you know, where they start one and then start the other in the second, start Madelon in the first half and then Edelman in the second? I don't know. I think, you know, maybe they just go with Madelon and see how he does. But, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Um, again, you know, I, I, I think that um, it's going to come down to whether the Bayhawks defense can keep this high-powered offense in check because the Blaze do have a lot of weapons you know, Mark Matthews, Randy Stotts, Ryan Cole, Shane Jackson. Uh, you know, one of those guys is going to draw a shorty matchup throughout the game. It's going to be tough to kind of keep them in check. But if they can get that done, uh, and, you know, and then the offense puts out some goals too, I think they'll be fine. And also, I, like I mentioned earlier, the, the Blaze have a lot of guys coming back from on their offense from the world. So not to say they won't be ready for, for this game, but they may have uh, some uh, more tired legs than some other squads. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, i got to ask, Adam, who are you picking in this one between the Blaze and the Bayhawks? Blaze have such a prolific offense. They're, they're fantastic um, when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. Um, so if, if they can keep this a high-scoring game, the higher the score goes, I, I, I lean towards the, the Blaze. But at the end of the day, I think... Um, the Bayhawks are the number one seed for a reason. They're, they've been one of the strongest teams all season. i got to go with the Bayhawks. You know, and if you look at what you mentioned as you look at their their win against the Bayhawks was 19-10. to 10. You know, they outscored them by nine, where their losses were both 13-16 to 16 against the Bayhawks. So, yeah, I definitely think they're going to have to score at least 15 goals to win this one. Um, and, you know, I'm going to... Because of that, I think I'm going to go with the Bayhawks as well. Um, I just I wouldn't sleep on the Blaze, you know. It was tough for me to pick them. Uh, I don't want to go out on a limb and pick them, but it would not surprise me if they do pull this out, uh, especially if, if Lyle isn't on his A game and they do get a lot of production out of those top offensive guys. Uh, but let's go to our second game, which will be 10 o'clock, and that's between the number two seed Outlaws and the number three seed Cannons. We already talked about the, the Outlaws' offense a little bit. Didn't give too much to the Cannons, but what do you think it's going to take for the Cannons to pull out this victory? I think Mark Hockershane's going to have to come up big. Um, and Zed Williams coming off a really strong performance uh, in the world. Um, can he kind of uh, snowball that into some success this, this weekend? Um, it'll be interesting to see if their defense, kind of along the same lines as Blaze, are going to be able to uh, hold up. Um, and, and fend off a strong uh, Outlaws offense, as we were talking about. Um, we'll see if Zach Courier uh, can have a really strong game like we discussed, and we'll see if Dylan Ward, um, it's going to be a good matchup for goalies. No, Dylan Ward and Nick Morocco are two uh, of the best in the league, and, and Nick Morocco's, uh has gone Boston out of some jams this season already, so I'll be curious to see. Um, I think the Boston offense is more likely to stall um, compared to, to the more free-flowing offense of the, the Outlaws. So um, when it comes down to kind of game picks, I'm going to have to go with the Outlaws in this one just based off of uh, this year's success. I know both teams have had up and downs. You know, there was that stretch there where we were pretty worried about the Outlaws, um, but they seem to rebound pretty pretty steadily with that, and i got to go Outlaws with this one. Yeah, no, I think these teams are very similar, and I, I think it might come down to the face-off X, too, between Adler and Reisman, sure. um, you know, because – They've both been pretty even uh, throughout the season, but Adler has kind of edged Reisman. And these games, too, have been, been pretty close, save the one Outlaws blowout. 
you know, you had the the controversial Denver win early in the season where the Cannons were up, and then they got they got one in the the timeout controversy, and then later in the season, you know, the Cannons ended up edging them sixteen to thirteen, um, and then the most recent one where the Cannons must have been asleep with the twenty two to nine loss. So I don't know; these teams don't like each other. We know we've had Zach Currier early in the season have choice words for Justin Pugel, didn't even refer to him by name. Um, so, you know, the, these guys kind of went at it earlier in the season. Uh, so I, I think there's going to be a lot of chippiness in this game. It's going to be a close one. I was really leaning heavily on the Cannons, but I just think, you know, the Outlaws are actually going to bring their A game, and I think they're the better squad when they play their best. So I'm going to pick Outlaws in this one, but don't be surprised if guys like Kyle Jackson, Zed Williams, and Kyle Denoff uh, go off this weekend, you know, they they're, they have a dynamic midfield, which I think gives them an edge against a lot of these teams. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, again, the Outlaws also have a good, strong midfield where they've been running Courier and Brendan Cavanaugh. So it'll be a great matchup. That's the one I think I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, and I, I could see either of these teams who end up winning it, winning the championship. But overall, I'm going to go Outlaws. Um, so that, that gives us both. Uh, the same picks. We're both picking Bayhawks and Outlaws in the championship. Uh, so, Adam, I have to ask, who do you think is going to win on Sunday? It's going to be a matchup, I think, of two teams that have won a lot of championships, two really strong franchises. i got to go Bayhawks in this one. I think their offense, if with the caveat, if Lyle's playing, if he's at full strength, um, they have a really strong offense. I think their defense has held up a, a little bit better than, than the Outlaws. Um, this season overall and lately. So I got to go Bayhawks. Uh, I'm kind of timid about it, but I'm going Bayhawks. Yeah, I'm going to go Outlaws. Uh, you know, I, I really like Dylan Warden-Cage, and that's, you know, nothing against Brian Phipps or Nico Amato. Um, but I think they introduced some questions there. And, uh, you know, I just think Max Adler has been dominant this year um, at the face-off X. Uh, again, all the talent they have with Courier, Kavanaugh, Aslanian, Lee... They, they've proven that they can score and score big when it matters. So as long as they come in healthy, um, I think if they're on their A game, I think they're the best squad, and I think they'll prove it in the Steinfeld Cup. So I'm going to give it to the Outlaws. Um, so it's going to come down to that championship matchup, Adam. So, yeah, we're looking forward to the championship. Uh, we wish we could be there. It's in Denver. Uh, unfortunately, not in the budget to fly out there, but we'll be watching on ESPN News on Friday and definitely ESPN2 on Sunday. And it's really just been a phenomenal MLL season. Um, you know, that's kind of going to wrap up our field lacrosse coverage uh, for the in-season part. But we'll definitely be having a lot of off-season discussions. Um, you know, we're going to continue the interviews. Uh, we just had an interview with Max Adler earlier this week. Uh, we have former head coach of the Ohio Machine, Bear Davis, joining us. Uh, Diggs Tape, who's really taking the lacrosse world by storm, is going to also join us next week. And then Casey Powell will be the first interview we have for our lacrosse legends series that we're doing so we're looking forward to having him. Also check out our NLL draft recap that we did with Teddy Jenner. That was up earlier this week. Uh, you know, and we're, gonna, we're looking forward to having more NLL coverage heading into the 2019-2020 season. Uh, but overall, it's been great. Uh, first summer of field lacrosse. We appreciate all your support as listeners. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to just continuing this thing uh, and keeping it rolling. So um, don't stop listening to us. We're going to have a lot of great content for you guys as we go on. But, Adam, let's go to overtime. What are you looking forward to most this weekend? It's got to be the MLL playoffs. I'm really excited to see uh, some intriguing matchups. 
best four teams definitely made it, I think. And we'll, we'll see uh, how this weekend goes. But I'm super excited to watch on ESPN and, and recap with you next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, you know, I think we're going to get some really competitive lacrosse games. It's awesome to be able to watch them on ESPN News and ESPN2. Um, but one side thing that I'm really looking most forward to seeing is what is the Steinfeld Cup going to look like given that the MLL did change its logo and the old MLL logo is on, is on the Steinfeld Cup. So are we going to get a new Steinfeld Cup for this year? Um, I hope so. I think it would look awesome. But, you know, I wouldn't blame them too if they decided to go with the classic feel and keep that retro logo. So it'll be interesting to see. But that, that's kind of a side thing that I'm kind of looking forward to watching as well. Um, but overall, that wraps up Episode 28. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk.